This is Perspectives, the show where an examination of our many differences often shows us how much we have in common. I'm Condis Presley. You know it, I know it. We are in the middle of the holiday season, and we know this season, whether you celebrate Christmas or Hanukkah, is about the kids. It's about the presents. This show will be about the kids and about their health. Three things for you on our show today. First, we're going to talk to a community partner, leader in healthcare, working to make sure our kids are as healthy as they can be. Then, we're going to talk to the folks over at the Ronald McDonald House for an update on how they've done with fundraising to improve the conditions and the living space for kids and their families who are battling cancer. And then finally, as you know, we just wrapped this huge campaign collecting thousands of toys for thousands of kids in Georgia. A little bit about one organization that is helping to get you ready to love on one of those foster kids. You know, childhood obesity is a health condition that we need to be aware of and should be concerned about as it impacts more than 12 million American children between the ages of 2 and 19. Bringing those rates down has proven to be a bit of a challenge. The folks at the health care giant Kaiser Permanente are trying to move the needle through a program called Thriving Schools. And we are joined by Kaiser Permanente's Community Health Program Manager, Quintez Gurndy. He is uh, leading this work for the organization. And, and thanks for coming by and spending a little bit of time with us to talk about how we can keep our kids healthy. Thank you for having us. So for folks who may not be familiar, although I said healthcare giant with Kaiser Permanente. Just kind of recap for us who you guys are and what you do. Absolutely. Kaiser Permanente is actually celebrating our 30 years here in the metro Atlanta area serving residents. Uh, I think what makes us special is that we offer a unique healthcare experience by providing health coverage as well as health care through our 26 medical offices and four partner hospitals. We're also the state's largest nonprofit health plan, so we're committed to giving back to the communities we serve. In fact, last year alone, we invested $39 million helping improve the health of more than 1 million residents in Atlanta. And one of those programs is Thriving Schools. Tell us a little bit more about that. Okay, so we uh, we recognize that as an organization, we recognize that to really move the needle on critical health issues such as obesity, we really must take a serious approach on both education and prevention. So a few years ago, uh, the conversation that was taking place nationally was around these two thoughts. And as a result of those two thoughts, the... Thriving Schools Initiative was born. Now, Thriving Schools is our national strategy to really impact um, or promote, I should say, uh, healthy eating and active living in K through 12 school communities across the nation. Essentially, our goal is to uh, drive long-term behavior change. Uh, we also recognize that in order to do this, we can't just focus on students, but also the teachers, school staff, and uh, parents as well to really drive that culture of health. So now how are you guys making this work in this community of Atlanta? Well, that's interesting that you asked that. Uh, we have uh, what's called a community health needs assess assessment that's 
uh, conducted by our community benefit team at Kaiser Permanente. And it really takes a look at the root causes of poor health in the communities that we serve. Uh, so we uh, took a look at our last, right around the time our last assessment was completed in 2013, Thriving Schools was being rolled out. So we looked around at the different counties where we thought it would be appropriate to pilot this initiative, and Clayton County jumped up. Uh, so what we did was we met with school administrators, leadership from the district, and uh, really worked on a strategy for what this would look like in their county. Uh, we ended up identifying a few partner schools to start with just to see how things would go. Um, and since then, we've actually expanded to uh, having some type of either broad offering or strategic intervention at almost all the primary elementary and middle schools within Clayton County. Tell me a little bit more about this assessment. Back up a little bit. How do you guys... Sure gather that information such that Clayton County ends up popping up. Absolutely. So we not only utilize our own research and our own professionals in the building and the research department, we also utilize um, different stakeholders in the community from Georgia Health Policy Center all the way down to residents through the form of group um, feedback sessions or uh, uh, type of um, loss at work. Forgot the word for it, but uh, pretty much getting information from all stakeholders in the community, whether residents or organizations, community-based or private, uh, that focus on health. Um, and what we do is take that and compile it into a gigantic report that actually uh, really gives us a, a, a solid picture of our entire service area. Um, and from there, we determine which counties and communities are hit the hardest by poor health, lack of resources, and other indicators that might drive us to uh, drive our investment. How does the implementation of thriving schools work? Well, there's really no blueprint for it. We base our strategies on the needs of the individual school community, and that comes through conversations. So some examples of that are we engage our physicians, uh, our Kaiser Permanente physicians, uh, to work with student and staff populations on relevant health topics. We have a sizable community garden that we've initiated and, and have been running for the last two years um, at on site at a school. Uh, we provide a number of grants that fund everything from uh, exercise programs and exercise equipment for the school, um, professionals to address mental health within the schools, or really actually engaging other community partners to come and facilitate programs on site at the school, health related programs on site at the schools. So, what happens to the produce that is grown on site at those schools? That's a great question. To date, we've had over 3,500 pounds of produce produced right at that school, and it's all been given back to the school community, whether it's teachers, students, or their families. So, I think the cool thing is, is not only that students have the opportunity to uh, taste test while they're out in the garden, but they also get a chance to incorporate it into their lunches during the school day uh, and also take it home so they can continue the conversation of healthy eating with their parents. So without a blueprint, you all have been able to see some success in one community, mm -hmm. Clayton County. Are there plans to expand thriving schools beyond Clayton County? Yes, there are. So while continuing our work in Clayton County, we've also established relationships with both Atlanta Public Schools and uh, the uh, Fulton County Schools Achievement Zone, which is concentrated in South Fulton. Uh, in 2015, we kicked off our relationship with Fulton County Schools by hosting the first NBA Fit Clinic here in Georgia. Uh, we worked with the WNBA to bring their professional athletes down to an elementary school in Fulton County. And during this event, or this day, we had professional athlete, athletes engaging with 
uh, elementary school students, about 120 or so, on in, in, in physical activity. Now, most of it revolved around basketball skills, fundamental basketball skills. But what was really amazing is how they incorporated other strategies or other ways to really um, – get the most out of every day by being physically active. Uh, we also had a Kaiser Permanente nutritionist on site there that was speaking to the students about how to get the most out of your bodies, I should say, through a balanced diet, uh, a balanced and nutritious diet. In Atlanta, uh, we really wanted to focus on the issue of food insecurity. Now, by food insecurity, I mean that there's a population of students who receive the bulk of their meals from the school cafeteria, their most nutritious meals from the school cafeteria. Yeah, there are free or reduced lunch, yes. Absolutely. So that doesn't... Breakfast too. Absolutely, which is a great option for a lot of kids. But um, they that doesn't take into consideration the time that they have off or the weekends. So we've worked with Hands on Atlanta to provide them a grant to identify a subset of students, about 200 kids or so, that will receive... Um, prepackaged nutritional nutritious meals that will go home with them every weekend for the course of the school year. Um, so they're coming back to school in, in uh, refreshed, fed, focused, and ready to start the school day or school week, I should say. Uh, and also we've partnered with Cap the Captain Planet Foundation to expand an already existing garden at another El Atlanta elementary school, uh, which in turn, will allow them to have or erect a salad bar in the lunchroom uh, where students will be able to have that fresh option every day for lunch with vegetables and produce that is grown directly from their school grounds. So you told me about the 3,500 pounds of fresh fruit and vegetables that have been produced. What are some of the other results you all have seen through thriving schools? Absolutely. And I'll keep going along the lines of the community garden. We've seen over 2,700 student visits just this year alone uh, in uh, with our student garden. Now, when I say student visits, I don't mean they're just coming, playing in dirt, looking at the plants and walking away. We've made an intentional, concerted effort with the school to align the garden activities with Georgia performance standards that can which will allow it to translate into teacher's lesson, teacher lesson plans. Um, so the students will come outside and have the lessons that they're learning in the classroom in core subject areas like science, math, history, be reinforced through garden activities. Uh, we've also seen a lot of momentum through grants uh, and other external collaborations that we've facilitated uh, on after school or before and after school programming. So that comes in the form of walking clubs, uh, stress management sessions, um, adult fitness classes on site at the schools, and so on. But I think most importantly, what's happening is the conversation is changing. And I believe that schools uh, and school districts are seeing the importance of health as a driver of academic performance in the classroom. Absolutely. So there are many, many people listening to us right now, many of them school teachers, school administrators, who, would, who might say, hey, how can we get Kaiser to bring something like this into our community? How might other local school systems get involved, ones that you're not currently uh, piloting this program in? Absolutely. So we um, are bound by our assessment. That really drives our strategy. And we really focus on high need school, the highest that need schools in the metro area. But there are some offerings that we provide um, for everyone in the metro Atlanta area, regardless of demographic. One example of that is our Fire Up Your Feet program. Uh, this is through our partnership with Safe Routes to School. And essentially, twice a year, schools have the option to participate um, through tracking their physical activity using an online tool uh, 
and compete against other schools in the metro Atlanta area doing the same to win monetary awards. And those monetary awards can go towards anything in your school that's that's aligned with health and wellness. Um, the the website for this uh, program is Metro Atlanta, Metro ATL, excuse me, fireup.fireupyourfeet.org. Let me give that to you again. It's Metro ATL.fireupyourfeet.org. We also have a, an amazing theater group uh, within Kaiser Permanente. It's called the Educational Theater Program. This is at no cost to schools. It is a perfect um, translation or visual representation, I should say, of our healthy eating, active living mantra. So our actors will go out to schools and perform or facilitate stage performances that will reinforce the messages of living healthy and actively. If somebody is listening and just wants some more information about the Thriving Schools program, you know, take a little bit deep, take a bit of a deeper dive than the one we've just done briefly here. Uh, where do you want to point them? I would like to point them to our Thriving Schools website. It's a national website that's available to all. It has a number of resources on this website in the form of webinars, toolkits, grant resources, um, and just a, a, a litany of other things that are appropriate for schools to use. Uh, the website for that is thrivingschools.kaiserpermanente.org. Kaiser Permanente's Community Health Program Manager, Quintez Gurndy. Thanks so much for coming by. Thank you. Now to the Ronald McDonald House. You may or may not remember about this time last year, I had a guest on the program who was imploring you to dig deeply inside your pockets and give any spare dollars, any spare change, any spare money that you might have had to help our Clark Howard in the huge fundraising campaign for the Ronald McDonald House. Well, Beth Howell, who is the president and CEO of the Ronald McDonald House, who was here to tell us about that drive last year, has come back, and she's here with us now with some great news. Tell us, Beth. Welcome. Thank you. We are so excited to announce that our new 31-bedroom house over by Children's at Scottish Rite is opening in mid-December. This facility, and I remember when we talked about it last year, you all had identified that there was just a tremendous need because there were so many kids who were being treated at Children's Scottish Rite and even Children's Eggleston who just didn't have a place to be while they were in treatment. Yes, our original house at that location only had 11 bedrooms. It was very small, it was not ADA accessible, and we were turning about 200 families away a year from that location. So we knew there was a real need for more services and the growth at Children's continues to to support that. And so we were very lucky and um, the community was very generous that we were able to build this new larger house that's almost triple the size of the original house. And how much how much money did it take to get this done? Our campaign was for $18.5 million. And I hear you smashed your goal. We did exceed our goal and we raised $18.9 million. That is amazing. Congratulations. So wonderful. So when you have an opportunity like that to create something so needed and so good for the community and you smash the goal where does the extra money go what are you able to do with so those resources the, the extra money goes to uh, allowing us to build a maintenance fund for the building as you know maintaining this size building for the long term ensuring that it's well maintained and kept that money will go to support that facility so now how does it work how do families find space in this new 31 
bedroom Ronald McDonald house? Families are originally referred to us from the social worker at the hospital. So the social worker first meets them. Um, she understands their need. They then refer the family to us. Um, once the family has stayed with us once and they're coming back for successive treatments, then they can call us directly and obviously we will make room for them. And how long are they allowed to stay? They're allowed to stay as long as they need to stay. So as long as their child is in treatment, um, we allow them to stay. We've had a family stay as long as a year. And the cost to the family to take advantage of the resources available at the Ronald McDonald House? We ask the families for a contribution of $20 a night. However, only about 30% of our families can pay anything. As you can imagine, a family has increased expenses when their child is sick. They probably are away from their job because they're here in Atlanta getting that treatment. They have medical bills. They have other um, expenses. So most of our families are unable to pay. And that's why we raise money in the community is to help support those families. And the families who are able to take advantage of the benefits of the Ronald McDonald House are out-of-state families who are seeking care at Children's Health Care of Atlanta. And I would imagine families who are in-state but outside of metro Atlanta. Correct. We um, have kind of a geographic area of 50 miles outside of Atlanta, and we find that families who live within that really want to go home. Um, about 85% of our families come from Georgia, so other parts of Georgia, North and South Georgia, and the balance comes from other states and occasionally um, an international patient. Beth, I remember the last time you were here and we were talking, you were sharing with me and with our audience some of the really neat things that were going to be built into this new Ronald McDonald house. Tell us what you guys have been able to do. So we have 31 bedrooms with private bathrooms, ADA accessible for the families. We have a game room. We have an arts and crafts room. We have a big, huge kitchen where volunteers make dinner for the families every night of the year. Um, we have um, this, our big feature in this house is a healing tree, and it's in our three-story atrium. And so when you go up on the second floor, kids are able to go into a tree house, and that's going to be the main play area. And when they go up on the third floor, there's another tree house with another play area. So we call it the healing tree because we know that having fun for kids and nature at, is very healing, and that's what we're trying to provide for these kids. You said volunteers make dinner for these families every night of the year. How does someone become a volunteer at the Ronald McDonald House? It's really very easy. You can go to our website, www.armhc.org, and you'll see volunteers. You can click on that, and you can look at all the opportunities you have to volunteer at the Ronald McDonald House. Do you find that you have families who come back and volunteer because they've had children treated who were now cured? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, and they come back and they are donating wish list items and pop tabs, the top of the of the Coca-Cola cans. Um, those raise money for us, too. They come serve dinner. They do an activity. There's all kinds of things that they can give back. Do you find that you are in need of any additional donations now that you've raised the money for the construction? And I know there was a special grand opening on the 17th, and folks are moving in and beginning to stay there come December 21st. If people have gifts of cash or other items that they'd like to 
help you outfit the house with for the families who are staying there and the kids who are being treated? Absolutely. Um, we definitely need um, financial support. We have a much bigger house that we're opening and going to be running. We need all kinds of things to make that large building feel like a home, whether it's things in the kitchen, whether it's blankets, whether it's arts and crafts supplies, whether it's toys. So all these things that we put in this house are what's going to make it feel like a home to these families and a place that they want to be and a place that relieves the stress of long hospital days. Beth, you said a couple of times that one of the key benefits of the new Ronald McDonald House near Children's Scottish Rite is the fact that it is ADA compliant. Tell us why that is so important. Uh, Many of the children who come to us from the Scottish Rite campus are coming from the rehabilitation program, and they come with wheelchairs, walkers, canes, those sorts of things. So they need an environment that they can navigate through with those kind of challenges. So you're talking about things that are more than just extra wide doors. You're talking about uh, restrooms, bedrooms, everything, correct? Correct, correct. Yes. In fact, I mean, the showers are roll-in showers. The um, doors to the bathrooms are bigger. There's more space between the bed and the wall for, for if you think of um, hotel rooms where they can turn around in a wheelchair and make their ways in and out. How proud of you of the work that's been done in the last year? We are so proud of the work that's been done. We have had a phenomenal team in place, both from a construction perspective and an operations perspective, really making this house come to life. And it really has been built in a very quick time frame and very well done. And in this time of uh, season of Thanksgiving and of, of the holidays where people are, are giving, uh, what a great gift this is to the Metropolitan Atlanta community. Yes, and what, and what a wonderful um, community to, to support us and to help us really meet this need for these families. Beth Howell, President, CEO of the Ronald McDonald House. And before we go this week, just a few minutes with Nisa Wheeler. She runs an organization called Envision. What we do is we have parent training. Uh, we set up parent um, situations where, let's say, they have to do a visitation. They come to our site and they do the visitation. We also have um, foster care training. So if you decide you want to become a foster parent, we also do you give the training, which is called Impact on That. We help in health and wellness. and But our overall goal is to get families well from the inside out. That is our goal. And Nisa Wheeler, how did you get involved in this type of work? Well, I have been in and out of uh, social services for the last, uh, gosh, 15 years. And the Envision Project came to me when I said, all right, something is wrong why our children, more and more children are coming into care. And it's either by abuse or neglect. And those neglect wasn't really from the fact that Parents just did not want to be with their children or they were just, you know, doing drugs. It was because of being poor. So what we found is that, you know, that helped that one goal to bring the change to our communities was behavior. We decided to focus on shared energy between Department of Children and Families and shared energy with other nonprofit services geared towards issues that affect family dynamics and health and wellness. So we build these relationships up. Whereas the Department of Children and Families believe in resilience and family preservation, we come in to build the families based on common strengths that eventually lead to change. And I understand you all have a big event coming up on Saturday night, the 19th. Oh, that, you have no idea. I'm so excited. I think everyone in Department of Children and Families are excited. 
um, this event, the Charity Get Awards Gala, is geared toward foster parents, case managers, social workers, everyone in the Department of Children and Families who have been so instrumental in making sure families are resilient and staying strong, as well as foster us here children who are in and out of services all day long. So we just make sure that we want to celebrate them, we want to honor them, and we want to just make sure we love on them so that they can do what it is that they do best, which is taking care of children in foster. And go ahead, give us the particulars on the gala. Oh, that would be awesome. You, to be a Prima vendor, you can definitely go on our website, which is www.envision, which is spelled E-N-V-I-Z-H-E-N.org. Uh, tickets are $40. What we are really asking is, as you know, the Department of Children and Families case managers don't make a lot of money. If we can have someone say, you know what, I want to purchase, you know, tickets, 10 tickets for a case manager who may not be able to go or 10 tickets for a foster parent who may not be, you know, may not have the $40 to attend and is not a nominee of that award, then we ask that you just go in and pay for these tickets, even if you don't want to be there as well. Just these families would love to be honored and to have a night that celebrates them and celebrates what they do. Um, again, all tickets can be purchased on our website, which is www.envision.org. Um, and it's super easy, super simple to just go in and click that button and, and donate to the cause as well. Nisa Wheeler, congratulations. Good luck next weekend, and thank you for the work that you're doing in our community. I appreciate it. Thank you so much. I'm hoping to see everyone December 19th. Uh, the gala is it's setting up to be an amazing, amazing time for all of our case managers and social workers at the Department of Children and Families. Perspectives is a half hour we produce with you in mind. If there's something you think we ought to be talking about, let me hear from you. Tweet me, condo 29 on Twitter or leave a message on our Facebook page. We do appreciate your listening and hope you'll be back next week at this same time as we examine another perspective.